It's time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 44. I'm Anthony Lewis. I'm Aaron DeLosa. And I'm Glenn Beauvais. Thanks for checking us out on cinemageekly.com, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Tumblr, and on iTunes. This is a this is a busy week, unlike last week. A lot of stuff happened over the course of this week. And uh, we should probably get into it the, the sooner the better. Uh... First, Aaron, the uh, you you discovered for us the the Avengers: Age of Ultron Comic Con trailer before it made a, a much more decent looking debut on YouTube. You found kind of a uh, like a leaked version that you posted on Facebook, but then uh, uh, apparently it's also is it now is it only available in the uh, the Jarvis app or is it available somewhere on the uh, the Iron Man three Blu Ray? It was only available on the Jarvis app. I mean, we did, you know, the the Jarvis app jailbreak that we put up, uh, you know, we did beat all the rest of these dickbags to the punch. So I think they owe us a little bit of credit as far as getting the HD version pulled off their iPhones and uh, (laughs) put up on YouTube. Yeah, uh, you know, just a hell of a lot of research to figure out using the Jarvis app. With Iron Man 3 Blu-ray, you know, you scan each one of the armors or, you know, you, uh, you drop those words. You literally, like... I just sat here with my phone. I pulled the Jarvis app. I said, Jarvis, rough house. And then, you know, excellent choice, sir. And then every armor in the Hall of Armors was, un- was unlocked. And then immediately, you know, it jumped right to the HD version of the clip with Josh introducing it at Comic-Con. And then just a stunned silence falls over the crowd. And then just, you know, the crescendo as the, the, the teeler builds up. And you just hear these nerds just losing their shit. Like, yes. I was right there with them. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally in my car, in my garage, still running because I hadn't gotten out of the car yet to go to the house. I'm just sitting there like, I know I could pause it, but I feel like I'm going to miss something if I do. So I just sat there. By the way, I, I think it's, uh, by the way, as far as, uh, as far as like a reveal trailer goes, I mean, now it's not so shocking because we know what the movie is but for the people there i think they did a masterful job of the trailer which is essentially uh it starts with kind of like a close-up of the iron man mask and then you know you see a bunch of like metal you know metal components and stuff shifting to gear and putting being put into place uh and in the background they're doing a bunch of audio clips essentially from the avengers if i'm not mistaken. I don't know if there's a lot of stuff that's outside of the Avengers in there, but it's mostly Avengers uh, clips, things from the last movie. Well, the, and, uh, the, the the sound clips themselves are from the, their individual movies going into the Avengers, right? And then there's some then there's some Avengers uh, yeah. sound bites in there, uh, all the while leading you to think. I, I think what they wanted you to think is that all this metal shifting around and stuff was something to do with Iron Man, because obviously they showed it to you at the beginning. But as it pulls out further, it reveals uh, Ultron's head and then it kind of morphs into the uh the avengers logo which i thought was really well done so that that's pretty cool was there uh was there anything uh was there anything else in here that you think they snuck in that we may have missed or uh just nothing we haven't you know insinuated or, or talked about before where you know definitely you know we know that you know hank pym or you know won't be introduced until you know the first half of the ant-man movie so they're definitely breaking canon a little bit by indicating that Tony Stark will be the one who events Jarvis. We've already seen the foundations for that, like we talked about for the end of Iron Man 3. You know, or um, the beginning of Iron Man 3, when he was asleep, had the, having the nightmare in the suit came to life and, you know, and grabbed Pepper. I mean, right. they're already kind of laying the groundwork a little bit right there. Uh, you know, with all of that, it's, you know, it it's exciting to see what goes on. I'm really curious, though, as, as far as for the Ant-Man movie, like we know, you know, the first part of the Ant-Man movie will be Hank Pym where he invents the Pym particles. And then obviously the, the second part of the movie will, will, will be Scott Lang, you know, where he becomes the hero. Uh, now, does that mean they're going to leave Hank Pym completely out of, 
futures of future Avengers movies, even as he comes back as you know Giant Man. I mean, it's right. There's there's a lot uh, left to be opened, especially since they're going the route where Tony invents Ultron. So it you know who who truly knows what's going to happen. There uh, are coming up. There are also all sorts of Marvel teasers and little fun snippets that we will be talking about a little bit later in the podcast uh, as it relates to the uh, the pilot episode of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh we'll my talk, god, I, we'll I need talk, to watch it like another three times just to fully get everything. We'll talk about that, <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, no sooner did you post the trailer, Aaron, for the uh, Mortal Kombat Legacy 2, did uh, Machinima upload that shit Netflix-style, all the episodes... Uh, available immediately. Did you have you watched through all of them? I I watched through about half so far. I haven't watched through them all, but I've I've watched about half. Yeah, I, I only got through the first one uh, so far, but it's uh yeah they 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 got me those bastards. They got me. <laughs> Glenn, have you have you watched any of these? No, I uh, as we talked about before the show, I've I've been busy getting caught up on Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, Glenn and Glenn did say he watched the f- some of the first series yeah. as well, but. Didn't make it all the way through. Uh, so far, it's it's not too bad. Uh, I wish they had you know a larger budget to work with or something. Uh, sometimes the the visual effects are a little take you out of the moment e, but by and large, yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a little bit. I mean, it's not it's not the it's not Avengers, obviously, but uh, and Mortal... it's not you know Van Damme uh, Street Fighter either. So. Oh no no no! It is also <laughs> not that at all. Um, but no, it's, it's not so bad. Uh, there's links to it on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash cinema geekly. And you can go check out all of it. They, YouTube has actually devised uh, a fantastic way of, of playlisting shows. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but you can, uh, choose to play all of the episodes and, yep. uh, Machinima does a, you know, previously on Mortal Kombat. And at the end, they also give you like a preview of the next episode. But if you play all of them, it will just play the parts of the video that are the episodes from start to end without any of the ads at the beginning or the end. So uh, that's a cool way to kind of uh, binge watch it if you if you intend to do it that way. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm excited, at least in particular, because, you know, I, I love the first season. I bought it on Blu-ray. I still watch it all the time. Uh, so they really have a uh, – they do have a bit of a bigger cast, so I, I think part of the budget mm-hmm. went to that as far as securing, you know, some more – I don't want to say bigger names. I don't know if Casper Van Dien is really above – most people from the first season. I right. uh, love the guy, though. Don't get me wrong, but you know he. Uh, <laughs> you Starship know, the, Troopers. The, the, you know Hugh Jackman isn't playing Johnny Cage in this bitch or nothing. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, for what they do have for an effects budget, I, I think it's very good that, that yeah, the practical yeah. use of the martial arts as opposed in the wire work as opposed to a lot of you know CGI work for the actual fight scenes. It, it, it's just on par with the first season, if not better. This time around. So uh, all indications we have so far about this series is that once it's done, obviously it'll go to Blu-ray so they can soak nerds like me for every penny we got. And then uh, Kevin Touch and Ryan will move on to uh, the big screen reboot. So, Right. Like I'm wondering how involved it's going to be, if he's just going to rehash the whole thing from scratch, if he's bringing characters back, if the the movie will continue on from Legacy 2. I mean it's – yeah, right. who knows? I mean, we'll uh, we'll keep digging and see what we can find, but there's no word uh, so far as for what's going on with that. Uh, there was uh, the the casting rumor that sort of broke from Bleeding Cool and other websites as well. I heard talk about this was uh, w, uh, WB is uh, put out a, a very vague casting call for the Batman Superman movie, but uh, the the casting call Aaron led you not just you but many other people 
to think that uh, they may be looking to cast Wonder Woman for this Batman Superman film. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that, uh, what, what were they saying here? 25 to 33 or something like that. Or, or uh, able to play that. Or so. able to, unable <laughs> to play that, of course. Right. Uh, in Hollywood today, that could be virtually anybody. Uh, Betty White could probably do 33 if they put on enough makeup. So uh, physically and strong. They would need a lot of duct tape to keep those puppies up, man. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, let's Jesus. not see Betty White in the Wonder Woman costume. But Now I just want to see her like in, the place of, in, in place of Linda Carter, like in that gif. You know what I mean? She's just bouncing around with her godliness to and fro. Let's see Betty White do that with her sweater meets. She would totally do that as well. But Oh, yeah. Um, so let's throw it around the table real quick because uh, I don't have a lot of input in this. But, uh, and by the way, I, no, I guess the first question is, number one, do you think this is the best way to introduce uh, Wonder Woman into the universe? And uh, who, would you, who would you pick? Who would you put in that role? Who do you think would be a good fit for Wonder Woman, Aaron? We'll start with you, I guess. Uh, I, I do think it's a good way to introduce her. I mean, you know, she will be like you know, the the antithesis of you know strong female you know superhero. I mean, you, you can't get any bigger than Wonder Woman. The only problem is that I don't know uh, with there really being you know virtually no other uh, Hollywood success under other than the old TV show for Wonder Woman that they could uh, justify doing a, a big budget movie with her debut. So I think introducing her in this movie is the perfect way to go. And obviously, you know, we know they're going to go right into the justice league, which her role will be expanded upon. You know, they're kind of doing with wonder woman. If this is who they're looking for, the same thing they did with uh, black widow and the Avengers, you know, in, in the Marvel's uh, cinematic universe. So it, it's a smart way to do it. I mean, and who could play her? It's great. It's tough because you have to have someone who could kick a lot of ass and someone who is just incredibly hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, acting ability, you know, you stack a good enough cast around her. It may not matter all that much. With that being said, uh, I think Gina Carano. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good much choice. Much like her, her big film, her you know, like her big film debut uh, was with what Michael Douglas and you know uh, Michael Fassbender. Uh, Haywire. Haywire, yeah. Just they stacked her around with other actors that you know it brought. Know what her, they were doing, know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, so it, she didn't really seem too totally out of place. She was there just to be you know what she was, just you know a hot chick who could kick a lot of ass. So I think you know I think she'd be perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn, do you have any? Any insights? Any uh, any any opinions on Wonder Woman being involved? Uh, I don't really like have besides what he said with Gina Carlo of being Wonder Woman. Like I, honestly, I think that's a really hard role to cast. Like there's no one I could really think of. Like I would say Jennifer Lawrence, but I just feel like that's just a default answer because right, I don't know right. of anybody off the top of my head that would be able to do it because most actresses become more refined as they get older mm-hmm. or like in their mid to late thirties. I like her being in the movie introduced this way because like you were talking about with without there being with her just having a standalone movie, it'd be harder to get a bigger budget and have successful off be have success off of it financially. But she's also really good yin and yang to Batman and Superman because she doesn't give a shit when it comes to killing. I mean she she'll do it. Right. Um despite what, you know, is what people think about with Justice League that they don't kill. Like Wonder Woman will do it. She's been trained to do it. She and so like her i guess like, you could have like a tug of war of like it's okay when you know it's a necessity if if it is a last resort you can do it whereas i guess if batman if they're really going the whole he's supposed to be older and wiser kind of thing if maybe he's supposed to be a mentor of like no you shouldn't ever do it there's always another way so i don't know right. if, if that's what they may do or they're just gonna throw her in there at the end or something to give her an introduction for a later setup 
I mean, uh, plus it'd be good to see that long-awaited uh, Batman Superman Eiffel Tower. I've uh, <laughs> I've, uh, I, I've actually seen, and I, I gotta presume that it's it's serious, uh, uh, at least a, a serious idea, because I'm not seeing people doing it in a mocking way. Uh, but I could easily see how it could be done in, in, a, in a mocking way. But I see a lot of seeing a lot of people on Twitter and on message boards suggesting like Olivia Munn for the role. Oh God, damn it! I've heard those rumors for years. She, she I know she wore a Wonder Woman costume oh, once Christ. when she was on G4. But um, as far as acting chops, like I didn't used to think so until Newsroom. But she's the best part of that show, uh, and and far better than than I thought she was. So. Uh, but you know, when I think of her though, I don't think of like really physical, I don't know. To me, Gina Carano almost seems like, I mean, much like, uh, much like to Glenn, Jennifer Lawrence was the default and it kind of does feel that way. Right. It's like that or, uh, Gina Carano really. I mean, those, those two make the best, uh, make the most sense, but you know, who knows where they're going to end up going. Chloe Grace Moretz, you guys. We gotta wait about ten yeah, years. Yeah, if she was about ten <laughs> years older, she would be absolutely spot on. I think. Wonder Girl. Ta-da! I'm sure there's a Wonder Girl. Is there? I'm sure there is. Uh, we could make one if there's nine. I was gonna say there's <laughs> gotta there's gotta be by now. Um, <laughs> let's let us talk really quickly about what is on the website before we talk about uh, the Agents of Shield because there's a a bunch of new stuff on uh, the website this week. Uh, one of Aaron's least favorite times of the year is upon <laughs> us, the award season. And uh, but you know what? I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind award season when shows and movies that I like win things. Then it's worth totally talking about, uh, for sure. One of the, uh, of course, the uh, the the awards that have actually happened thus far would be the uh, the Emmys for 2013. Of course, that would be for uh, television shows. And no, uh, if you're if you're opening up your email client right now. We will not be covering the daytime Emmy Awards at all. I don't, I don't think um, I, I, we're going to steer we're going to steer clear of that. Uh, but this is kind of a this is kind of a cool year. Uh, the big award, obviously, for best dramatic series, went to Breaking Bad, and uh, most deservedly show. So, and they had a they had a lot of competition. Uh, the only the only show that I've not seen that was nominated was Downton Abbey, but I hear a bunch of people talk about how great that show is all the time. But the other Nominees were Homeland, Game of Thrones, uh, Mad Men, and House of Cards, which I believe made history, correct, for being the first TV show to be nominated for an Emmy that isn't actually on TV, right? I mean, it is on TV in so much as that you watch it on on your television, but it is not part of any network or or cable channel or anything like that. Is it the first show to, to, to even get nominated? It's got to be. I mean, you know, just you know, based on the timeline alone, there's nothing. What competition does it have, really? Right, and I mean, that's that's got to be a big feather in the cap for for Netflix and for any of the services that want to do streaming TV. The fact that they could pump out a show and then it's going to get uh, nominated for an award without actually ever really airing on television, I think, is going to say a lot for the. For the future of TV, uh, they did win some awards as well. I do believe they won three awards, but none of them were major awards, as far as I know. They won best director, I think, with Fitchner. Oh was, yeah, uh, Fincher. Yeah, yeah, he did win uh, best best director. Uh, and Orange is the New Black. I'm 
positive is going to get nominations next year as well. Uh, comedy series went to Modern Family, which I've never watched in my life. Uh, it, it seems way too grown ups for me, man. I'm still gonna I'm gonna pass on that one. Is it? Yeah. I mean, Thirty Rock was nominated, which I which I do like. Uh, I don't I'm not in love with it, but uh, it was nominated. Veep, which is on HBO, which I do like quite a bit with Julia Louis Dreyfus as the uh, female vice president of the United States. Uh, that's pretty. That's a pretty good show. Uh, best miniseries or movie went to Behind the Candelabra, which was supposed to be a movie movie, correct? And uh, some shit happened and ended up on HBO. I, I was almost positive <laughs> it was supposed to be a, a, an actual film, but uh, didn't quite make it or cut it. Uh, Claire Danes won lead actress in a drama for uh, for Homeland. Oh, uh, holy Christ! Oh, sorry, sorry, I, I did not mean for that to be out loud. Uh, it just. <laughs> Just like a flat – Jamie Alexander for Wonder Woman. She plays Sif in, in the Thor series. Oh, there you go. That's not okay, a bad choice. Yeah. Christ, she would be – sorry, it just – literally, I just got slapped in the face with her image, and it just – it surprised me that that was out late. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, but she would be <laughs> absolutely perfect. Jesus. Can, can okay. She, can she cross universes like that, though? I'm sure she could. Yeah. I mean, you Ryan know, Reynolds, Chris right? Evans has played multiple people. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. I mean, it's it's That's not true. unheard of. That's true. Uh, Jeff Daniels won for lead actor for the newsroom. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Did you uh, see his speech at all? Like it's he just didn't no. even expect his name to get called. Like he just put in gum and his name gets called and he like looks at his wife and his wife's like really happy and he's like shit. Now I got to get up and say something. <laughs> and he, like just kind of like walks up there and he's like, uh, well this was unexpected. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, look, like I mean, a, you're looking race between Kevin Spacey and Brian Cranston and John Hamm is also in there. Uh, Damien Lewis. It's so it's a Jesus. That was a pact. I mean, it's it, a murderer's it, row right there, man. And, Je- and Jeff Daniels was really good in the newsroom. But Brian Cranston, good. I don't, I don't know. For me, for me, it's Brian. For me, Breaking Bad should have just took every goddamn award this year, even even lead actor in a comedy series. Which one? Maybe they're just going to give Cranston like a lifetime achievement award like next week, even though he's still got a lot of time to go. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? It's like here, just just take it. it it's going to be yours anyway. They gave it to Jim Parsons from the Big Bang Theory. I think this is ninety seventh award in a row. I think they just give it to him every year. Uh, by the way, Jason Bateman was nominated for Arrested Development from Netflix, so that is another series from Netflix that got um, wow. a nomination. Um, although that's kind of a cheat because Arrested Development was on TV at one point, but. Uh, lead actress went to uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus from a comedy series for Veep. Uh, Mike was good too. Hers is really funny. Oh, I, I I like her a lot though, and that and that show she is... like she called Tony Hale up there who won for best supporting actor in a comedy. Mm-hmm. She called him up there and he's like holding her bag and he's like having to whisper like what she should say into the microphone for acceptance speech. Like she just stayed in character throughout all of it. It was really funny. Mm-hmm. Who is this that did that? Uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus, like for I'm v- gonna have to Google that. <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that was was really clever. Here's the one that really stood out to me though is kind of a huh. Best supporting actress in a dramatic series went to Anna Gunn from Breaking Bad, who is of course Skyler, and uh, that just I don't know that didn't I don't like the character that much. <laughs> I, I just didn't think she's that great. Like I, mean, I think there's like a weak point in the show or something. I always kind of thought it was her, but uh, that that being said, I don't know. I don't, Glenn. What did you think about that? Because the the, the competition also wasn't that stiff. Uh, Christina Hendricks, though, from Mad Men, I really like a lot. 
uh, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. Um, there's some competition in there. I don't know. I just, I don't know. She's, uh, she's not my cup of tea. I w- they should have, I mean, I don't know. I guess there's really nobody else from Breaking Bad that you could have given that nod to. Betsy Brant's probably not a big enough character in that show to be a supporting actress, but. Yeah, but, but at least Betsy Brant's character, I mean, you know, People hate her because of her character. It, they don't really. I don't. I think people don't really feel either way about Anna Gunn. Like you, you dislike her when she's on screen, and when she's not, you're not sitting there seething about something she just did. Where like Marie, you hate that bitch from start to finish, whether she's on, you know, on the screen or not. Correct. Uh, and uh, the other thing in relation to uh, to the award season, Glenn blogged us uh, kind of a, a primer, an award season primer. Uh, some of the some of the movies he thinks are going to be up when we are when we start talking about Golden Globes and the Oscars, uh, and some of these sir sound quite quite nice. And there's a a lot of these have really solid casting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just shocked. I mean, uh, now did you rank these in the order of uh, what you consider least likely to win awards? Or it was did you, or... like a, it was like a mixture of both, like. I put Gravity so far back because I I I'm gonna see it because I I'm just gonna see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't particularly want to because it just looks like a Sandra Bullock movie, and I'm I'm not I'm not a a yeah, hater but, of Sandra Bullock, but I'm not a fan. But she's not gonna have a romantic relationship with like you know the the broken pieces of satellite up there or anything. Oh, that's <laughs> a plus though. It will not be a romantic film or comedy yeah. of any kind. Right. Um. Well, here here's. Like, the, Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to read through the like, list, but finish your thought. Because it's like Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. But, like, George Clooney is in, like, three seconds of every trailer I've seen for the movie. That's true. So I'm just assuming he dies as soon as the satellite blows up. I hope and, that's not the uh, case, though. I, I know. That's, like, disappointing because I like Clooney. I mean, besides Batman, I've liked him in things. Well, the synopsis, Glenn, the synopsis <laughs> does say a medical engineer and an astronaut work together to survive after an accident, so... <laughs> yeah. They could be fooling us, though. They could be throwing us for, like, a loop or whatever. Maybe she rides him, like, Slim Pickens style. Oh, down. maybe all the way down. Through the atmosphere. Just straddles Clooney and Yahoo! Yeah. Tremendous. I'd be a fan of that. That's awesome. I would, too. That'd be the greatest movie ever. Uh, so Out of the Furnace is what you have at number 14. That has Christian yeah. Bale, Zoe Saldana, Woody Harrelson, Forrest Whitaker, and Casey Affleck in the cast. Oh, Willem Dafoe's in it as well. Like, oh, I love Dafoe. Ha- Good lord. It, like, it has a great cast, and like the premise seemed really cool. And as I watch the trailer, it like it falls apart as the trailer goes along. I'm like, I don't really see why he would like i understand what he's doing but i don't like the way he's going about it seems really dumb uh, uh, I don't, if you just see the trailer you'll see what i mean <laughs> uh we already mentioned gravity at number 13 and we talked about that good enough uh number 12 we've talked about on the podcast before old boy with josh brolin sam jackson elizabeth olsen and uh Chartel copley good lord that's also another tremendous cast and that and that movie looked really good as well uh, number 11 is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty with Ben Stiller, Adam Scott, Kristen Wiig, and Sean Penn. Uh, mm-hmm. exp- explain to me, Glenn, how a, how a film with Ben Stiller in it could be uh, an award <laughs> contender. Wasn't, well, well didn't he do Thunder was one. What, what was that? I said Tropic Thunder was one. So. Oh, that is true. That is true. Uh, uh, but no, I just thought... I guess like having... With it being a later release date, like that's a big thing. It's like if you're released in December... You have a lot better chance to win as it goes along. I think um, the, the release date for that one is December 31st at 10 p.m. 
if I remember correctly. Is Stiller writing and directing it? Because if he if he, he is, that's excellent. He is. Um, really? And, well, and starring, writing, directing, and starring? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it worked for Tropic Thunder, though. I, I think it worked great for that movie, but... Uh, yeah, but unless he has RDJ in blackface, I just don't see this oh, movie quite as yeah, good. That's true. Uh, the Counselor with Michael Fassbender, no, that... Javier Bardem, Cameron Diaz, Penelope Cruz, and Brad Pitt. You have that at number 10, sir. Yeah, yeah, it's a Ridley Scott movie. Um, Cormac McCarthy actually wrote the script, the guy who wrote the book for you know, Little Country for Old Men, uh, The Road, all that kind of stuff. So it's immediately his name being there, I think, kind of gives a lot of legitimacy as well as at, at this point, if Harvard Dem's in a movie any year, like I just, they should just either give him the award or he's nominated at least because that guy's fantastic. Um, and just about anything I've seen him in, in that foreign, uh, the Spanish movie, beautiful. Oh my Jesus, he is so good in that movie. And in, in Skyfall, um, he's also excellent in it. Very touchy feeling in Skyfall. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw this trailer today. It looked fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, number so nine is... Oh, I'm stepping on your toes, Glenn. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, no, I'm just saying it's an outsider. It's just an outside contender with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it being so violent. I mean, Brad Pitt's in it, too, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, I just think it has a lot of potential. Like, it could be one of those ones that just kind of comes out of nowhere to kind of gain, gain some stuff. But it could be like the master that it came out so early. It could just fall by the wayside. Uh, so we, number nine, we've got a crack in the top ten, The Hobbit, Desolation of Smog with Ian McKellen, Martin Freeman. Um, this is probably going to end up, though, winning a lot of technical awards, yeah. I'm guessing. Uh, they, uh, the Academy begrudgingly gave Peter Jackson some nods and a win, uh, but they really don't like putting sci-fi or fantasy <laughs> movies in those, uh, those top-tier categories, if they can at all help it. So uh, you should have seen their faces when they had to give an award to... Uh, uh, to the guy who played a pirate in a movie, they just—they're not—they're not pleased at all that they had to even give nods to these things. Glenn, such things are above the Academy of Motion Picture Science and Art and all that other shit. And he raked them in for Lord of the Rings, you know, the the first part. So it's it's not it has an outside chance, and usually Peter Jackson is pretty well award season. I mean, he even got mm-hmm. awards for King Kong, which I just think is garbage. Right. But uh, I thought so. I, I I think it had redeeming qualities because come oh, on yeah it had, it had good moments it was just gorilla fighting a t-rex glenn gorilla <laughs> fighting a t-rex and he ripped his jaw off come on that's amazing yeah uh, but those that, moments that... like an hour and a half in between <laughs> that was that was the <laughs> and also that being said yeah they did find a giant gorilla but they were also on an island full of dinosaurs <laughs> that nobody knew existed and they didn't even bother to mention they're like we got jurassic park over here you guys uh, yeah, that's a fuck of a good point. Why did nobody talk about the dinosaurs? It's probably because of the abnormally sized gorilla. I mean, people know what dinosaurs look like, <laughs> but nobody knows. Nobody's ever seen a gigantic gorilla before. Uh, number eight is Rush, which uh, is opening this weekend. Chris Hemsworth, good old Danny Brule, Olivia Wilde. Uh, this is the, uh, um, what's his name? That guy from that TV show. You know, Ron Opie. Howard? Ron Howard, of course. <laughs> You know, Opie, you know, director Opie. Uh, well, Glenn, we're not going to talk too much about this because we're going to talk about it in a little bit because you reviewed it for the website. Yep. You yep. got it out before it's even hit the theaters uh, nationally, I do believe. Or did it Did it hit theaters already? No, it hit theaters yeah. yesterday, so never mind. Uh, 
Uh, Glenn already saw it, and the review is up on the website, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, limited release for the movie Her, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Scar jo, Amy Adams, and Rooney Mara. Mm-hmm. Any uh, anything that's catching your interest here? It's a limited release, and by the way, most of most of these uh, next ones are all limited release. So yeah, <laughs> it's the for me, it's like the indie movie that could sneak in. Um, I, when I first I saw a trailer about two weeks ago, I I saw it, and I absolutely loved it. Um, it's kind of an outside. It's like a I, I forgot what I put in there. What it was like because basically he falls in love with like a fo- like his computer like if jarvis was a sexy female voice which is scarlett johansson and would flirt with robert downey jr this is basically what this movie is okay Uh, he just like his his home network or whatever his computer system just talks to him and he he doesn't know how to communicate with oh yeah it's like lars with a real girl but it's a computer like he he even has a mustache like ryan gosling and he just he doesn't know how to communicate with people. That's gonna be a helpful mustache to cover that train wreck under the homeboy's yeah. nose, man. <laughs> yeah. So it's just uh, it, and maybe it's he spiked, borrowed you know? the King Kong suit from Peter Jackson to cover that. <laughs> yeah. uh, number number six is uh, All Is Lost. That's also limited release. Robert Redford is the only man you mentioned uh, yeah. in the in the cast. Is this is just just him doing? Um, or is he the only real big name actor from this film? Uh, from all I can gather and what I've seen and looked up, it is just him in this movie. Wow. Um, and it's just, he's on a boat and he wakes up and his boat starts leaking and he gets up and there is a shipping container that has hit the side of his boat. So he is trying to just basically survive and salvage what he can while his boat is sinking. Okay. And it's just him at sea, so... Oh, let me see here. Number five, Inside Lewin Davis, uh, limited release also. Oscar Isaac, Carrie Mulligan, John Goodman, The Timberlake, and uh, Garrett Hedlund is in this. Uh, I love Carrie Mulligan, by the way. I think she's excellent. Uh, Carrie Mulligan for Wonder Woman. I I think that's probably a bad choice. But John Goodman could totally fill out the costume, I believe. (laughs) Uh, I, I don't know. What do you guys, uh, any feelings on Justin Timberlake in a serious dramatic, uh, film? Apparently he's, he's, uh, not that, not that bad. I don't think he's also that good, he was, but he, he was tolerable in black snake moan yeah. only because I'd like to think he'd be the whiny bitch. who would just cry about everything. <laughs> uh, well, Glenn's Glenn's, uh, justification for this being on the list is literally <laughs> not even quite a sentence. He says it's a Coen brothers movie done. <laughs> so that is his uh his basis for whether it'll even be good or not that's it's getting award nominations ladies and gentlemen <laughs> the coen brothers make it uh so i think what they do is just call the academy and be like we're making a movie and they're like all right we'll print up some trophies and shit <laughs> uh <laughs> the wolf of wall street that will have a wide release leo dicaprio matthew mcconaughey jonah hill jean uh is that what is that name Glenn, help me out here. It's a French name, and I am going to butcher. Oh, uh, Jean Jean Dujan. Jean Dujan. Uh, okay. He's the uh, main guy in the artist. Oh, that's the silent film, of course. Very beautiful movie, even though it, it was made just to get awards. <laughs> I never wanted to see it because I was just like, it's so pretentious. It's black and white. It's a silent film. It's made by my family, French people. And so it's like there, there's just something wrong with this movie. I like and that I you're. It. I like that you're just like even though it was made to get awards, it should have put that in the trailer. It's like the <laughs> first movie made to get awards, you know. And then they uh, 
They can throw that shit on the poster. Uh, this is a Scorsese film, though. Yeah. And yeah. much like a Coen Brothers movie, he basically just calls, says he's making a movie. They start rolling out extra Oscars. Uh, I mean, come on, it's it's Scorsese. I mean, even the as bad is, even as bad films are good. Yeah. The problem is that this date may get pushed back, mm-hmm. and it may not make it this year. I, literally, after I had sent that to you and I had finished it, um, I saw a thing that. They're still editing the movie because it's over three hours long at this point, and they don't know if they're going to be able to edit it down before the release date uh, in November. So that may even just get scratched off completely. So I don't know. (laughs) Matthew McConaughey is also uh, on your list. Dallas Buyers Club in a limited release film. Matthew McConaughey, Jennifer Garner, a.k.a. Mrs. Batfleck, and uh, Jared Leto, or Leto, depending on who is saying it. Uh, It's pronounced cock. (laughs) <laughs> most, I, I guess most well-known now is the lead singer of 30 Seconds to Mars, but uh, if you watched MTV at all in your teen years, better known as that hot guy that Claire Danes liked on My So-Called Life. Uh, I don't know if he's got any other famous acting credits past My So-Called Life. Fight Club. Oh, Fight Club, of course. Uh, American Psycho. I, yeah, I, I it's killed. Oh, it's excellent. <laughs> it really oh, is. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's been like years since I saw American Psycho, but... Um, where are we I going keep here? a gif of it on my phone just so I can look at it. <laughs> <laughs> just whenever you're having a down day, you just flip it open. You're like, oh, that's better. Yeah, see, it's no, like, like seeing an axe flying at his stupid face. <laughs> Number two, American, also limited release. Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and Jenny Lawrence. Damn. And a David O. Russell film. So just Jesus. line up the awards, you guys. Yes. Uh, I still haven't seen Silver Linings Playbook, but uh, King's Speech was one of my favorite movies from uh, a couple years ago. So, <laughs> uh, and this is the one I'm ac- actually looking forward to the most. Number yep. one, Twelve Years a Slave, in limited release. With uh, there's God, Michael Fassbender, Brad Pitt, Benedict, Lord Benedict Cumberbatch the Third, Paul BC Three, of course. Uh, it's a pre-Civil War United States free black man from upstate New York is abducted and sold into slavery is the uh, the premise of this film. And I'm all about uh, Civil War era films as well. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm stoked for this. It doesn't matter what it, from Django Unchained to, to Gettysburg and Glory and stuff. I, I'll watch anything Civil War related uh, that 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 looks excellent. Mm hmm. And uh, Glenn thinks so, too. It's at the top of his list. Uh, Speaking of one of those movies, Rush hit the theaters. Glenn reviewed it. You liked it, sir. I I really, really liked it. Um, A four four to five. Sell it it for me. Um, The thing is, like, uh, Chris Hemsworth is perfect for the role. I mean, I I wouldn't say, like, it doesn't really require much acting talent, but it's for what how he looks and what he is like he's perfect for it he he just has that natural charisma of just being completely cocky and doesn't care if he dies on the racetrack he's willing to do whatever it takes to win um daniel Bruhl is really good as the antithesis against that like they do a really good job of um focusing on the characters and like why they don't like each other and going back and forth of what the narrative follows and seeing what motivates them. And basically the movie is all about, you know, it's good to have an enemy and they, they talk about it in the movie is just, it's good to have someone to motivate you and their hatred for one another is what's motivated them to be the best at their sport. 
um, and they just have conflicting ideologies. Um, whereas like Chris Hemsworth really outgoing, everybody likes him. He's fun. He parties all the time. He couldn't tell you anything about how to fix a car where Daniel Brule's Nicky Lada's character is the exact opposite. He's a shut in. He's very rude. No one likes him. He doesn't know how to interact with people, but he could build the car, make it faster. And he could just shave time off the car just because he knows how to build it and make it better but he doesn't have the heart that Chris Hemsworth's James Hunt does. Like he's not willing to go that extra mile to win. Right. Right. And so it's just, he has the intangibles. Yeah. And it's, uh, it kind of makes, it goes back and forth of who you may root for, um, at the end, just the way it actually played out in real life. Like you, I mean, you know, who's going to win and all that kind of stuff, but it, it really pushed hard for James Hunt to root for just because of him wanting to try and go further. Fortunately um, for me, Glenn, if I don't go to Wikipedia, I won't know who won this <laughs> since I yeah, do not follow yeah. racing at all. So it'll be but, a total uh, surprise for me. And it's by uh, the writer uh, who did The Queen, Frost Nixon, The Damned United, which is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the guy who writes it, Peter Morgan, is he's an excellent British writer. Um, so I, I really recommend seeing it. I don't think they'll win anything acting category-wise, or it may... Just because the field has expanded the 10 movies this year for Best Picture, it right. could sneak in. Um, but it's just, it came out so early that it, unless all these movies just kind of tank, it it kind of has a hard, it'll it'll be really hard for it to make that push uh, when December rolls around. And Glenn brings the jokes in the review as well. Seriously, I, I was just trying to count them all right now. Like, holy shit. Personally, I like the part where you talk about how sports movies usually suck and then list Bad News Bears, the Ben Formers, <laughs> Mighty Ducks 2 and 3, Caddyshack 2, and then obviously the uh, the the big shot of the joke here, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which I never thought of as a sporting movie. I, uh, until I, I, I do feel this. there should be an asterisk next to Bad News Bears. That should be the Billy Bob Thornton Bad News Bears. Of course. I, 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 I know the original. Okay. <laughs> I, I do. Li- I do like the struck through Pokemon reference, though. Yes, of course. <laughs> that was that was my particular favorite part of that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can check that out on the website. Uh, let's pay a bill, shall we? Uh, shop Amazon. Yes, we know you do, and uh, we provide you with some stuff. You can spend some of that cash on and help Cinema Geekly all at the same time. Just visit cinemageekly.com on the right-hand side of the screen. We have uh, a button that takes you to Amazon like normal, shop like normal, and uh, costs you nothing extra, but 8 to 10% of your purchase goes right back to Cinema Geekly to, to help maintain server and bandwidth. Bandwidth is expensive, especially with all these podcasts we're putting up. Uh, so all of that all of that helps. And uh, we've got even some suggestions, some Blu-rays that you can pick up some brand new blu-rays and uh with a release date of october the first these are releases for october the first and there's some classic ones in here by the way right off the bat the big parade which is actually the highest i had to do some research because i had not heard of this before apparently the highest grossing silent film of all time and the very first realistic war drama it's from 1927 and it is on blu-ray for the very firstest time uh, and you can pick that up on Amazon. Also, from here to so we can get a movie from 1927 on Blu-ray, but they can't get Fright Night two. No, on or Blu-ray. the or the Abyss. Or where's my copy of the Abyss? A bunch of horseshit. Yeah, I gotta Cameron. I gotta call Hollywood. <laughs> call the get president of Hollywood. <laughs> right. 
from uh, from here to eternity, nineteen fifty three. That's with uh, Burt Lancaster. So uh, another old film. I think we lost Glenn, Aaron. Uh oh. Again, we'll try to get him. We'll try to get him back here in a second. I'm gonna finish the uh, the Blu-ray list okay. here. Um, so from here to eternity, uh, House of Wax, the original from nineteen fifty three. Oh, perfect. In three D as well is available. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, and of course, if 3D Blu-rays are your thing, The Little Mermaid and The Little Mermaid 3D on Blu-ray. And uh, of course, This is the End is also on movie. Blu-ray, of course. Uh, and we've got Glenn back. <laughs> I'm sorry. Another it actually is the weather this time. There, We've had really... We've needed it, but we've had a lot of rain. Uh, no tornadoes or Bill Paxton's or sharks. So No, no cows. No cow no, again. No. <laughs> Uh, so here you go. Those are the those are the new Blu-rays that are available. And of course, you want to pick any of those up. Stop by CinemaGeekly.com first and hit the Amazon button. And uh, th- that uh, any of those purchases will kind of come back in a roundabout way and help us out. Uh, let's talk real quickly, Aaron. And you know, by real quickly, I mean let's dive right deep, <laughs> balls deep, into Marvel's Agents of Shield, which premiered oh, on bad. premiered last Tuesday at 8 p.m. on ABC. And uh, it did well, by the way. We should mention in the ratings, it did pretty darn good. I think they said Number something one. like, I think they said something, yeah, something like eleven something million viewers, or it's the highest drama debut in a few years, actually. Yeah, which is not a surprise at all. No, it was great. Uh, and uh, just let's just, uh, Glenn, did you check this out? Have you had a chance to see it yet? Oh yeah, no, I totally saw it. Uh, so let's let's just generally give a, a thumbs up or thumbs down to this. I thought it was great. I exceeded my expectations. Uh, Glenn, how'd you feel about it? Yeah, definitely thumbs up. It's The one thing I like about Joss Whedon is that he knows what he's doing and he has fun with it. And that's like, this pilot was just, it was fun. And that's... Absolutely. I, didn't, I don't need it to be Breaking Bad. It just, if it's fun and has, you know, some witty dialogue, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Aaron? On the, on My the thumb is so high up. I'm wrist deep in Jesus's asshole right now. <laughs> the show was just so goddamn perfect. I mean, for them really trying to portray like you know, Shield is just far-reaching, spinning the globe. Like they got their thumb and everything. I mean, they hit it. You know, it, it starts off in Paris. I mean, they, they start bouncing around and they, they caught like the greatest hacker. You know what I mean? And now she's a part of the Shield team. I mean, just everything that went on where they they, they tied in. Marvel properties that Marvel doesn't even own uh, by dropping little nuggets and uh, and teasers here there. It was just it, it was such a, a fanboy's wet dream uh, to experience. Like I've only watched it uh, twice, so I feel like I'm slacking a little bit there. I need to try to put uh, put the blinders on, watch it again, and really focus on exactly uh, everything that you, know, you may have missed. Little, or... Everything I may have missed, yeah. But it was amazing. I consider me glued. Uh, I, I'm. In love with it. Well, for spoilers, they explained the uh, the Phil Coulson why he exists, and and essentially it was a lot what a lot of people kind of already presumed, which is that his death was was faked and part of the elaborate ruse to kind of you know help the Avengers come together for the Battle of New York. But that being said, because I believe uh, the Doctor. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, they they definitely did that scene where they tease that uh, what Phil Coulson is remembering is not necessarily true, or maybe he's not really who he thinks he is, or 
they're definitely put they're definitely putting a mystery in place there and i know a lot of people have talked about the whole transferring of you know maybe they transferred his consciousness to a a robot i know there was a um, we've talked about that as a possible thing that they could have done uh at some point anyway and it certainly seems like they're at least putting in place the mystery that what he remembers may not actually be what really happened I, uh, I I do think this goes right back to the rumors that initially, you know, after the Avengers first came out, where everybody assumed uh, Clark Gregg, Agent Coulson, you know, would become uh, the Vision. I, I think that they're leading you right to it, and I love the fact that they're, you know, it's right from the movies. I mean, you know, essentially, you know, when Agents of Shield ends, I mean, going into Avengers two, you know, I mean, it's, I think he's going to be Vision. I mean, he's been. Uh, He's usually pretty vocal on his Twitter, but he's been pretty quiet uh, lately. Uh, he did retweet uh, a fan who tweeted uh, something about him uh, the other day. The uh, the guy asked, he's like, can we just skip Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to jump straight to a Vision and Scarlet Witch show starring Clark Gregg and Monica Bellucci? And Clark Gregg <laughs> didn't say anything about it. He just retweeted it, which, you know, he doesn't really do a lot. So I don't know if he's just trolling a little bit or, you know, there's actually into it. Like, we know Monica Bellucci, due to scheduling, will not be the Scarlet Witch. But, I mean, it's just interesting that, you know, he he's kind of paying attention to it. I mean, so it, it there could be something to it. It could turn out maybe he is just only a life model decoy, you know, but it's still cool that he's an android even though we're kind of – I'm kind of shitting on it because I would like him to be Vision. Uh, so, yeah, it's – there's so much coming in this show just from the first episode alone. It. Christ, yeah, I need to, speaking I need of that to slow doctor, down and watch him a lot again. Speaking of that doctor, by the way, he'd probably be familiar to you if you watched Firefly or Serenity. Ron Glass yes, was sir. also in in uh, in those as well, so that's pretty sweet. They made a lot of references to the Avengers, uh, the yeah. film, and the uh, and the characters, which is sweet because obviously they could do that. Uh, they can talk about Iron Man and Thor and all these other things and make direct and indirect references. Uh, obviously, there was the uh, the when you're talking about making reference to things that they don't even own the property to. There was that joke about uh, with great um, with, uh, with great, great responsibility. Yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. Except it was with great power comes a lot right. of weird things or weird crap that you have to yeah. deal with or something. Um, so there's there's obviously uh, a lot of that. The uh, the the main problem in this, uh, not problem, I guess the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the story in this, in this first episode, uh, surrounded a guy, I guess a lot of people were thinking this, this guy's going to be like Luke Cage or he's going to be, uh, rage, uh, rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, uh, but he just turned out to be a dude who happened to have a bad case of extremis. It turns out, which by the way, I'm not disappointed with, I think it's cool that they are, uh, continuing to acknowledge, I mean, uh, Marvel movie. Obviously, that's a very super duper ridiculously clear reference to Iron Man three, uh, which we would presume this takes place after. So, yeah, uh, it, uh, it 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 is interesting just the way they reference it. I mean, you know, Jagos Richards, you know, he's done a lot of Joss Whedon stuff, but on his own, in his own right, he's a very good actor. And I think just from the if he'd have been a little lesser known, I think it would have been easier for people to assume he wasn't going to be one of those larger characters. Mm-hmm. But due to the fact that he is who he is, you know, it, it it definitely lent credence to the rumor he might have been one of those guys. I mean, I, I was slightly disappointed in it, but not so much where it took me out of it and I was just shitting on it. I mean, I do like the direction they took, uh, you know, the guy he played in the in the premiere. So there you go, good stuff. Um, so have you heard the uh, the theory surrounding uh, the Melinda May character? She would be the pilot. Uh, that, oh, the, that's the driver of the bus. 
Um, yes, the driver <laughs> of the bus. The uh, the working theory is uh, she was, uh, and I don't know, they may reveal this or they may not, but it certainly seems like the way her character was set up. She was the one that Clark Gregg had to come to and convince her to join the team. She didn't want to be a... Uh, in the field anymore, and et cetera, et cetera. A lot of people are thinking that she may have been the pilot who launched the nuke at the uh, at the end of the Avengers movie, and uh, well, this could explain but, why. But she... they showed the pilot; it was a man. Yeah, see, that's what I thought too. But um, I don't know. A lot of people that uh, I, I was thinking maybe I'd miss something because I saw that thing flying everywhere. People are like, oh, she might be the pilot that. That uh, that you know, drop the nuke or whatever, and yeah, I don't know. Uh, it looked like a one-person plane to me, but yeah, I, I mean, and as far as I'm aware, like they showed, you know, the the pilot receiving orders. I mean, it was very clearly, you right, know, right, a right. guy. Yes. Well, because there, there was unless she was wearing some sort of a weird mask to conceal her, <laughs> yes, of her super secret agent identity. I mean, th- there's all sorts of swerves they could take it, but I, I don't. I'm not going to put any credence into that one. I think a lot of people may have been confused as well because there was obviously the one jet that Nick Fury ended up shooting down, and then there was yeah. the other jet that took off um, afterwards. But uh, maybe she was in the jet that he shot down. That's why she's so rattled. <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> I don't. I am not going back on the field after that. Nick Fury shot right? my plane down with a rocket launcher. Yep. Um, Kobe Smulders uh, reprised her role as Maria Hill, at least for Love the pilot. Uh, yeah, she was excellent here, and uh, and what little she she got to do, obviously. But um, hopefully she'll get to show up more. But obviously she's got another big TV show she's working on right now. That yeah, but they're just about done with that one, so hopefully that opens up her schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they've already started airing the final season of uh, How I Met Your Mother, so hopefully she'll be able to. Maybe she'll be able to start reappearing. Maybe not as a regular. Although, who knows? Down the line, perhaps. Uh, but hopefully, she'll show up a, a little bit more uh, cameo-wise as well. Um, I give it probably about six, seven episodes until someone else from the MCU pops in. Right, and a lot of people are now. Are you thinking it's almost impossible at this point to do this show and not have a major, a major character cameo in some way? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 there's no way they can, e- even if it's, you know, just Hawkeye, just, you know, walking in, you know, doing something cool really quick and then bouncing. I mean, or Nick Fury, you know, talking, just something. Like, there's got to be yeah. something S.H.I.E.L.D.-related. Not even so much, like, you know, the, the heavies, you know, I, I doubt we're going to see Banner, you know, Iron Man, Thor. But it's definitely got to be one of the higher-ups from S.H.I.E.L.D. that make an appearance. Like, like there's he's... no way they could do this show and just, he's the goddamn S.H.I.E.L.D. director and he's not going to be involved in, like, you know, his top agent's primary you know offshoot hey, black ops hey. team yeah, uh and, and a lot of people also think before this season is over and done with that they uh should i don't i mean obviously we don't know if they will but should maybe introduce one or two minor mcu characters of some variety like some kind of superhero you know somebody who probably wouldn't end up with their own film or something but would be easy enough to put into the to the television show and could kind of, you know, like Arrow, essentially, uh, turn out to be for the Green Arrow, uh, except he's kind of got his own TV show. But it's, I don't think they would ever make a Green Arrow, you know, film. But judging by the popularity of the TV show, who knows? Um, do, you, do you think they're going to end up introducing, like, some smaller, uh, some smaller heroes onto the TV show at some point? Um, I, it really depends. I mean, it, it'd be a shame for them to introduce the heroes and then just not have them pop up. Uh, like in the Avengers, but I mean, there right. there would be a, a good way for them to introduce, you know, not more human uh, superheroes, but people who are 
I guess less grand, like Heroes for Hire. You know, Luke Cage uh, and Iron Fist would, would be a good, you know, would be perfect yeah. ones to introduce uh, on that level. I mean, so yeah, I mean, the possibility does lay there. We definitely know it's not going to be Ant Man, Doctor Strange, uh, Black Panther. You know, any of those guys coming up, but some of the smaller heroes, absolutely, yeah, it's it's perfect for it. I mean, even uh, you know the Heroes for Hire, like they could do a weekly TV show just based upon the success already of. Uh, you know the agents of Shield. I mean, it's 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 right for the taking as far as TV goes. I mean, if they really want to keep pumping money in this franchise and keep it the cash cow it is, you know they they got to feed it. So why not? Um, so before we before we talk about box office and all that crap, uh, AMC is not necessarily leaving us high and dry. We've got Walking Dead in a few weeks, and uh, Mad Men is going to be quick on the heels there as well. But uh, Breaking Bad is extremely uncomfortably close to ending right now uh glenn has been literally i think maybe taking some of of heisenberg's blue meth to uh to stay awake and binge watch uh the uh the last season and you're you're pretty close when we when we were talking i think you're you're almost you're almost to the end I'm oh, about that. four episodes behind, I think, at this point. Granted, a week ago I was I had even started season five, so Are you gonna be watching I, are you basically gonna be watching all night and tomorrow as well? Is is what it's gonna be? I'm gonna to. try. I, I the way I timed is like I got about I got like four hours I need to sit down and finish and then um I'll be ready for the premiere tomorrow night. But uh I I mean obviously next week I think we're gonna get a chance to talk about it as a as a whole. Uh, Aaron, you have a, a theory that I'm almost afraid to ask, but uh, uh, it, it's just something I read that, that, that upon further reflection of it, uh, you know, it it kind of lends credence to where I think the show is going to go, especially tied in with what was going on in that particular scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so if you want to know, I'll tell you. I don't know if Glenn would care to hear it or not. <laughs> I don't. Glenn may not want to hear it. Um, the uh, Glenn has a mute button though. I can just text him when we're done talking about it. Glenn, yeah, Glenn, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> Sorry, Glenn. I'll, I'll keep it very succinct. It's okay. <laughs> I will text Glenn when the uh, the mute button is unmuted. Glenn, have you gone to mute? No, not yet. Give me a second. Where the hell is it at? <laughs> Glenn is gonna go. This is so. Anyway, Walt kills Jesse. I mean, we all know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> So Walt throws the baby off of a bridge, right? And uh... stuffs a handful of meth up his son's ass. Okay, yeah, you can start now. And Glenn is <laughs> okay. going on mute. Glenn's going on mute. Okay, uh, we know from the way the last episode ended, uh, Walt was sitting in a dingy bar. He had just called, you know, the DEA essentially to come and get him. Uh, as he's watching uh, a hockey game, it appeared to be a very old hockey game, which I thought was out at first, but didn't really think too much of it uh, until I read. Uh, Someone actually found out what game in particular that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a former uh, – where was it? Ah, it was a 1998 uh, hockey game between uh, Wisconsin Badgers and the Denver Pioneers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Wisconsin University and you know, Denver University, of course. Uh, apparently down three, to, down three to one very late in the game. Uh, Wisconsin stormed right back and scored six goals to win the game seven to four. 
No, I think right there, I mean, you know, the, the person who posted the outcome of this game, like, you know, good knowledge on them to do it. Uh, it, it apparently came from a couple of former players who were in that game. I, I think right there we see Walt super pissed. I mean, he's definitely going to – he said, fuck it. Like, he's going to fight back. He's going to make the what comeback, I think is, yeah. Right, yeah. The, uh, the comeback, I feel, he's definitely going to go ape shit on the Nazis. On the Nazis. But I feel the, the ricin uh, is going to come into play with the two uh, heads of Grey Matter. Right. I mean, because this whole all this shit started was because he had a falling out with them. He'd have been a millionaire on his own from something he built essentially on you know himself and you know gave to these people and they took it and ran with it and made him something. So I think he is just gonna go get what's rightfully his. You know what should have been his from the get go. You know, the whole reason he started cooking meth was because he's a just a poor broke teacher. Right. So I think he is just gonna go hog wild on these two people. Uh, from gray matter like that's how the show is going to end it's not going to be you know he's not going to get arrested he's not going to it's not going to be just the war with the nazis i mean i think he's going after these two fuckers he doesn't die or does he die uh i i i, I don't see him getting killed like in a like in a, a jesse james kind of you know uh, Sundance kid last stand uh, they were very like, heavily teasing the cancer with the uh the ring being too big for his hand Right, and, and, and that's I think you know, the only way it goes. But I, I think you know that they might allude to the fact that you know he does it on his own terms, like you know, on a beach somewhere, you know, while his wife and kids are safe. Just something. I don't think he's, he's going to quite go out, you know, like fucking Doc Holiday or anything. And like that, we're going to invite Glenn back into the podcast. <laughs> so hopefully he he reappears very shortly. Oh, and, um, and just you know, too, uh, Wonder Girl was a character in DC Comics. DC it was Comics. an early. Uh, Version of Wonder uh, Woman. Wonder Woman. Then, uh, uh, turned uh, into uh, turned into after that. Glenn, do we have Glenn, you back? Do we have you back? Yep. Okay, I can hear myself, as, hear well. myself as well. I can too. <laughs> I can too. Uh, terrible internet <laughs> echoes. Um, so let me see here. Uh, all oh. and and I guess we should probably mention that there's a uh, outside of the uh, the finale, they're going to do the uh, the talking bad show for an hour directly after. Walking, uh, talking. I was gonna say Walking Dead. Uh, right after Breaking Bad, which is good because that gives us an extra hour to hold on to the show before it disappears forever. Uh, I've, I've been it doesn't end ten minutes early with the fucking shitty Journey song. I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, you never know, right? It very, it, it could. I'd be terrified though if they went that route. Uh, speaking of terrible endings, Dexter, Gwen, quickly tell us about oh. thoughts on how Dexter ended. A lot of people seemed really let... This is not like Battlestar Galactica or Lost, where there's like a vocal minority of people who are like, oh, fuck it, that show is the worst thing ever. There is... Everybody is saying that Dexter ended poorly. Because uh, it did. Um, like, the problem... Like, <laughs> this whole, like, last season of Dexter is all about Dexter changing. Uh, Dexter, throughout the entire last season, he doesn't kill anyone um, until the finale. And uh, and so it's kind of like, oh, Dexter is changing the leaf. There's new hope. He can run away and start this new life. Mm-hmm. And as the finale goes along, I'm kind of like, okay. As the season goes on, it gets progressively worse, mainly because they, they throw in a twist with who <laughs> Dexter's antagonist becomes later on in the season. And it's it's dumb. It makes It is so stupid. Guest created uh, by M. Night Shyamalan. Right. It's about that dumb. Um, like, wow. uh, like uh, there's... There's a new serial killer, and he's called the brain surgeon, and you think he's dead, and it turns out he's not. And that's not what bothers me, is he uh, <laughs> turns out to be the one who created the code 
that Dexter follows, that he doesn't kill anyone unless they're a murderer or a bad guy, right. the one who devised that code for his psychopath mind, um, it's uh, that lady's uh, son, who she hasn't seen since he was put into an insane asylum for killing his brother, which they bad. never mentioned this the entire season. Like, I think they revealed this in, like, episode seven or eight. Right. And, uh, and it's just like, he was 10 years old and apparently he set the madhouse on fire and escaped and no one's seen him since, but she just assumed he was dead mm-hmm. at like 10 years old. So that, that's like when it's kind of like, what the hell are you doing? And, and then they go on and then the finale happens and, Dexter, uh, Dexter becomes Dexter, a lumberjack. Yeah. And he's riding off on his boat and he's going to kill himself realizing that he can't change. And how they have just ended and, it there. And how was he going to kill himself, Glenn? Uh, he was in his boat, um, and he's riding off into a hurricane. <laughs> God, that sounds so bad. When you if you look like... closely, there were sharks in there, so it was actually a shark cane. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I would have been okay if that's how it ended. Um, and then it doesn't. It ends with uh, it, like you see a newspaper clipping of like oh, a boat of you know renowned uh, blood splatter analyst in Miami is found, but no body. And it's like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. And then it shows him, and it shows this dude, you know, working as a lumberjack, and then he walks into his house, and he's got a beard. Like, he looks he looks almost just like Brian Cranston yeah. on the flashback episodes. Oh, or God, the flashback cold openings. And uh, he sits down, and he just looks at the camera, and he kind of gives that Dexter look. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the guy who, you know, who was the showrunner the last three or four seasons talk about he wanted it to be he wanted you know the ambiguity about it and it's dumb because like if he gives us nobody that look, likes ambiguity <laughs> nobody likes ambiguity that way uh but uh, are they are they trying is he trying to tell us that dexter's murderous impulses are he now has these under control and has faked his death and now will live a normal life or Dexter is he leaving it murders trees now that's is how he, he gets <laughs> it all out <laughs> he's got sap samples everywhere in his, uh, oh, in his lumberjack so house. Good. He's got he makes slides. His, he makes his own paper and stuff. He just yep. it. Um, I mean, because obviously the other question is, if not, what is he, you know, that's the whole point of the show is like his, his murderous impulses and following him and seeing what he does. And if that hasn't been resolved, then you're not really ending the show. You're, you know, you're giving it the, you know, the, the ending to Elf and shit where he's being surrounded on a hilltop by police and there's aliens and shit and then it ends and then there's never any resolution yeah. you have no idea um <laughs> you really should end a show even if uh the ending has you know uh, a vague resolution to it there should be some sense of an actual ending like for as confusing as confused as some people are by the end of lost i still felt like there was an it actually ended there and was closure yeah, what you're telling me about Dexter is that it feels like it didn't really end. It's like, join us for the next season that won't exist, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, they could have done one thing. Like, if they would have done, like, if they could have kept the exact same ending. And if they would have had, like, his dad standing behind him. Because throughout the whole show, he talks to his dad. And his dad's dead. His dad's, like, his his subconscious, basically, like, if he's going to kill someone, he's the one to like, okay, this is what you need to do. And he tries to talk him out of it and, like, tries to help him control his urges. And so, like, if his dad, because his dad, like, the episode before that leaves because Dexter has gotten over it. He doesn't, he's going to kill the bad guy. and He doesn't kill him because he wants to kill him or mm-hmm. needs to. He kills him because, like, he has to. Like, if, if he doesn't kill him, he's going to kill his whole family and all his friends. Right. 
And so, like, his dad's like, well, you don't need me anymore since you don't need to kill. And it's like, well, if in that look he gives in the camera, like, if he still has that urge to kill, like, they could have at least had his dad in the background and be like, Dexter's reverted back to what he was. Right, right. But they don't. He, I mean, he should have died. It's like the series, just like, I guess, Breaking Bad should end. It's like, Walt should die. Dexter should have died. Right. And, I mean, uh, I think, well, as Aaron and I discussed when you weren't listening to us, Glenn, <laughs> uh, there, there probably are ways that Walt could end up not dying yeah. or, or, or die in a way like the cancer kills him or something like that. But Dexter he's certainly... He's definitely going to die after the way he strangled his wife in the last there... episode. <laughs> Dexter, <laughs> Dexter certainly seemed like a character that should have died at the end, like for the well, symmetry and just, you know, it would make least, sense. You know, Harry carried his ass. I mean, you know, that would have been his ultimate kill as the guy who takes out monsters was killing himself, like just stabbing yeah. his shit right. I mean, yeah, just, right, right. oh my God, it's just such a horseshit ending. But uh, like uh, the, the guy who did the show, who was the, the showrunner for the first four seasons said the way he was, he wanted to end it was that the season would have ended and it would have, you, Dexter would have opened his eyes, and you're thinking, "Oh, it's a dream sequence." Mm-hmm. And he's sitting down, and he and you realize he's actually in the electric chair, and he's looking out into the uh, into like the viewing, like the people's, like the victims can look, yeah. and all the victims turn into all the people he's killed over the years. So, or the deaths he's been responsible for, like his mm-hmm. wife, like he didn't kill his wife, but he's definitely responsible for his wife dying, right. jokes, and other characters. And he said that's how he wanted to do the show. That's tremendous. I, that like that is a way better ending than the piece of crap we got. <laughs> yes, instead of Lumberjack Dexter, uh, Dexter Jack, if you will. Um, I mean, I, I would have just been happy if he was sailing towards the the hurricane and a shark just yeah. jumped out of the water and ate him on his way back down into the water on the <laughs> other side of the boat. Just I would have been happy with that as well. Or maybe a whale, maybe a whale tail came up and hit the boat and went flying off screen. Any anything. Uh, maybe the boat from that, uh, that, uh, that storm movie with George Clooney, maybe they collide with a giant wave or something. Uh, but no, yeah. Lumberjack Dexter. Even a shitty ending would have been, oh God, yeah, just better than a, better than a non ending. Right. Oh yeah. Just ridiculous. Uh, well let's, uh, let's talk about the top of the box office for this week. Riddick is at the bottom Seven or three point seven million. Lee Daniels, the Butler, is at number nine. Uh, we're the Millers. Battle of the Year, which is getting absolutely shredded uh, critically. I have no idea what this is, but it's it's being shredded. Uh, instructions not included was uh, number four. The Family, number three. Insidious Chapter Two was number two. And uh, that Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal movie that's benefiting from all the positive buzz. Uh, on TV, Prisoners was number one, twenty point eight million. And it's not a huge opening, obviously, but um, all that all that positive buzz is uh, generating ticket sales. Oh wow! Yeah, that, that movie Battle of the Year is about uh, B boys, and currently sitting <laughs> at a five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's about B boys, huh? Yeah. No wonder why it's doing so great. That's Sweet such... Jesus! Oh, and speaking of lost, Josh Holloway. <laughs> did he did he lose a bet? What the fuck is he doing in that movie? <laughs> uh it's gotta be doing a friend a favor or something. Oh, and it's in three D. God damn it, now I gotta go see it. <laughs> uh, now, you're, now you're in. Yeah, if it's if it's terrible but right in my face terrible, I I'm very tempted. It's hard. It's like step up and uh 
Uh, Chris Brown Stop is in the this. Yard. Chris Brown is in this movie, so how could you not go see it? Oh my God. Um. Good Lord. Um. The other big star, by the way, was uh. uh he was an Avatar. He would be the the he was the male Avatar guy that always hated Jake Sully so much. Jake Sully. Oh, the guy who looks like Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Yeah, kind of. No, 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 not that guy. The actual Avatar. The oh, the, the actual guy. Oh, the okay. actual the actual cat person. Yeah. Oh. He was like the alpha male or whatever. Now, uh, is he actually blue in this one or? No, no, he is African American in this film. Oh, so the B and B boy doesn't stand for blue. No, it does not. <laughs> Blue Boy. Uh, I think they're missing out on some box office with that one. Uh, opening, opening this week, we've got uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2, which is hovering uh, on that line on the tomato meter at 58%. Uh, Rush, of course, which we've already talked about, 87% on the tomato meter. The uh, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt ScarJo flick, Don John, which I've been seeing a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, press for and stuff. That's doing really well. 81% is uh, is what it's getting. Uh, Julianne Moore is also in that. Brie Larson. Uh, let me see here. Uh, oh, of course. The Metallica concert slash sort of movie is, uh, is coming out. And you know what? Getting good reviews. Uh, which... There's no one direction, though. Well, I mean, absolutely. absolutely but... Um... It's uh, 48, 48 reviews so far, 81% on, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. And they said it uh, – I've actually noticed this from the few clips that I saw. They did some clips on the Colbert Report or whatever talking about um, uh, imaginatively shot and edited. And they do some really cool transitions from the, uh, from the movie aspect back to the concert aspect. Um, so there's a there's – a, some cool stuff in there, but I, I guess they're saying it's it's pretty good, which is which is neat, I guess. The uh, I've never heard of the director before, but I'm guessing he's a. Um, I don't know. Have you have you heard of the the movie director for this before, Glenn Nimrod? Is his name apparently? Oh, I got a few um, cousins named Nimrod. Is it like is it like Nimrod guys. at all or something like that? It is, in fact, the. Uh, yeah, uh, he did Piranha 3D. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did he? <laughs> oh, I'm sold. Yeah, I, I am in that theater tomorrow, son. Oh, and Predators. And Predators. Yeah. He did Predators. Yeah. Uh, he he had a role in Machete, so there's that I as can well. see. Yeah, he's got some good movies under his belt, man. Yeah. Uh, and by all, I mean, it looked it looked cool. I mean, you have to like Metallica, I think, in order to watch this, because it's a Metallica concert, so you're taste... I like Metallica. I have testicles, and I'm American. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a big Metallica fan too. I can I can totally watch this. I'm just saying uh, it may not. Uh, if musical tastes are involved, it may be difficult for some people to enjoy the film. If uh, you were say a, uh, I guess a Rihanna fan, I don't, I don't know. A, a non testicle say Canadian. Yes, maybe. of course. Yes, if you're uh, some kind of uh, Frenchman, Glenn, uh, you may not be able to enjoy this very testosterone laden American film. That's right, bitch. I'll be watching eating apple pie, son. <laughs> so is anyone else really excited for Scarlett Johansson's next movie, or am I the only one freaking out about it? <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about here, real quick? For her, uh, her movie coming out uh, under the skin. It's basically a species, but with Scarlett Johansson. Oh my god, Scotland! Is, I didn't realize this is a thing. Oh yeah, apparently she is going full nakers too. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
God bless her. I could watch that film, I do believe. And I'm not just saying that because of the, the nudity promise. Oh, I am. I mean, <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm trying to wonder what I'll be doing like the other 74 minutes. He's a, Aaron's a red-blooded American. Of course, that's why he's watching that. He's got testicles and everything. Yeah, and I love Metallica. <laughs> so what? <laughs> um, uh, I'm really hoping that So What was also a very deep Metallica reference as well. In that it was. Proof. Thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> um, well, if you like that, and how can you not? Right. <laughs> then there's always more of it on the .com, cinemageekly.com. Uh, where you can read about everything we talked about uh, today on the podcast and, of course, download the podcast to keep in a secret Cinema Geekly shrine in your closet. Um, you'd probably have to transfer them, I believe, to a, a, a CD. I don't We're know if people it. do that. We're well worth it. Oh, totally worth it. I don't know if anybody burns CDs anymore. I may be too old of a, of a human being uh, to think that such people would do things in the day of the MP3 player, but you never, you never know. We're also on the social medias. Hey, we're up to date. We're on the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Google plus and Tumblr, all at cinema geekly. And of course, uh, I, I use it all the time, but not so many, uh, not so many people use it these days, but if you want info at cinema is where you can email us. And as always, we're on iTunes. If you don't want to get the podcast straight from the website, and uh, you uh, you choose to honor Steve Jobs' legacy, unlike Ashton Kutcher. Uh, oh. <laughs> you can uh, you can use your Apple device and iTunes. Just search for Cinema Geekly, and of course, if you do that, please, please, please rate and review the podcast. It always helps us out uh, when people go searching for the for the podcast. It makes it easier for people to find us. The more the the more that like us, the more uh, Apple says we should probably put these guys a little bit higher up on the search results so uh the more the more you do that the better and uh i think um i think we've gained a uh a rating or two so that'll that'll always that'll always help us out please continue to do that uh boy boycott all other podcasts i would say until uh until we until we reach the at least until we reach the search for cinema we've got to get past we're getting close we're getting so close. I know we can taste it. All right. Well, we will be back next week with uh, with more fun stuff to talk about. Obviously, we're, this is going to be the Breaking Bad episode where we get to literally just talk about the entire show from beginning to end. And of course, we will talk for at least forty five minutes about how they screwed up the entire show forever, <laughs> ruining it for everyone. Should be uh, some some big Doctor New Doctor Who news coming up also with the uh, fiftieth oh, yes. anniversary around the corner. So stay tuned to the social medias. I am very excited. All right. For Aaron DeLosa and Glenn Bovey, I'm Anthony Lewis, and we'll see you next week on the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Hey, Aaron, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's that? Uh, who would you say is your favorite DC female superhero who also happens to have an invisible jet? Wow. Uh, well, she would definitely have to be from the Amazon, and I would want her to be the leader of the Amazon. So if you were, she would be an Amazon Prime. So I would have to say Wonder Woman would be my favorite. Amazon Prime, Aaron. That's amazing that you just happened to drop that reference. It's that's incredible. Uh, because Cinema Geekly has, has sold out to Amazon, as a matter of fact. What you say? Yeah, that's true. Amazon Prime. We love it. In fact, I believe you also use it. I use it as well. 
I use it every day. And just to actually show you, we have absolutely no proof of this, however, but to show you how sincere we are about Amazon Prime, we've been using it long before Cinema Geekly started affiliating itself with Amazon. Yeah, we're old school Amazon backers. We just love it so much. We that, do. Uh, you know, we decided, why not? Let's let's share it with the world. Let me tell you about it real quick, everybody. It's kind of like Netflix a little bit. There's uh, over 30,000 movies and television shows that you can stream on various devices, like the PlayStation, Xbox, Wii, Roku, uh, TiVo, I think you can get... You can basically get an Amazon Prime app on anything that comes with app capability. The fun does not stop there. If you shop Amazon, I know a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. You don't just get all of the movies and the TV shows streaming for free, but you also get free two-day shipping on literally a gajillion items. And wow. I don't And I don't think I am overstating that. I don't believe you are. I mean, to me, that makes it far superior to Netflix because I don't get free shipping with Netflix. A gajillion items. Um, if you happen to own the Amazon tablet called the Kindle, not everybody does, but some people do. And if you do have one, especially for your reading purposes, Amazon Prime also gives you the Kindle lending library, which means you can kind of go to the digital library, borrow books. You don't even have to buy them. You can borrow them, read them, send them back and get another book. $79 but that's for the year. That's a one-time payment for the year. And if you piece that out like Netflix, it's actually $20 cheaper than Netflix. And you get free shipping? Free shipping. Wow. Tons of movies, tons of TV shows. Uh, it's got a lot free of the books. Free books. It's got a lot of the same content that Netflix has and some stuff that Netflix doesn't have. They actually have a to. lot of stuff Netflix has. Netflix uh, lost all their license to a lot of stuff like first ESPN, uh, kid shows, uh, things like that that Amazon Prime still has. Stargate, just throwing it out there, big Stargate <laughs> fan. Amazon Prime, they've got a sweet deal going on with us specifically right now, and you don't actually have to spend anything, and you can help us out. There's a banner on top of cinemageekly.com. You click it, it takes you to where you can start a free trial for one month with Amazon Prime. If you sign up for that, Amazon sends us money. How cool is that? They send us money to help with our, uh, our server costs, and uh, bandwidth and all of that internet bullshit. And it doesn't cost you anything to do the free trial. You get it for a month if you love it. Spend 79 bucks and enjoy it for a year because I I am never not subscribing again to Amazon Prime just because it has literally been that helpful. We buy a lot of stuff from Amazon and I like watching television. So take money away from a giant corporation. Right. 